When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome to a midweek Garden Report. Most of the crew here. No Kids John. table. Uh, kids yeah. table. I like that. Joe Sway, Jimmy on board. Welcome back, guys. Been a couple of weeks. And we're going to kick around yeah. some of the... How's your summer been, Bobby? Here. How's your summer been, man? You been around? <laughs> That's such a Jimmy question. You getting after it this summer or what, dude? I know you're in the gym. See yeah, I've been in the pictures. gym. A lot of baseball, Jimmy. I know you're not much into the season. I've been I will say, right when I got into into, I, I texted you guys on, I think it was July 14th, and I said, breaking news, I'm slightly interested in the Red Sox. They continue to win after that for a few more weeks. And then they yeah. went 500. Then, then, like, they just s the b like right before the deadline they did so ridiculous the and now it's over just like that it's over. like just stay in the mix let us have something to talk about here yeah let us have something to watch but yeah you've been doing a lot of socks coverage good for you it's 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 you go to fenway i haven't yet this year i usually do oh, you, one gotta get, times, you gotta get you gotta get john yeah get john again yeah let me know if you're going this weekend i think i'm, I think I'm be there i think john and i are gonna do a couple of games down the stretch oh mookie's back in a few weeks i think we'll definitely want to uh, hit that game, that's Dodgers that'll in be, town. That'll be a fun one, actually. Um, Bloom won't be around that week. <laughs> yeah, he won't be taking interviews He's on busy. that. He's <laughs> busy. Uh, let's get right, some Celtic stuff. Uh, not a ton going on right now. They wave Champagne, so there's a couple of roster spots open they're going to try to fill before camp here. Camp starts late September. Uh, only one Celtic playing in the World Cup. A couple guys backed out of the national team. So hmm. uh, the injury concerns scaling down a little bit, but one guy's out cause he's hurt. So we'll get to that later. Uh, first though, Rick Grossbeck doing his summer interview with the globe. He likes to chat every once in a while on all things Celtics. And yep. yeah, it's a few interesting comments in there shedding light on, you know, why the organization. I just lost Bobby. He hit the yeah. He knows what he did. Yeah, he, he had a couple uh, comments there about you know why they pivoted to, away from Smart and toward Porzingis. Uh, the, the confidence in Joe Missoula going into this year, which I think is still a topic worth debating. Uh, so, what stood out most to you from this one, Jimmy, as you were reading through it today? Well, he sounds. I mean, I, I give Wick credit. He he seems to know like the he seems to know how Celtics fans are feeling. I feel like he is a fan and he kind of feels the same way Celtics fans feel after, you know, a disappointing end to a season or, you know, understanding that, you know, change is kind of necessary being frustrated at certain things and, and, and the whole nine yards. So I read that and I didn't, I wasn't blown away by anything he said, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think he has like his finger on the pulse of Celtics, you know, nation, if you will. Um, I thought it was interesting, um, you know, him explaining, I guess, the thought process after the year went and how him, Brad and Joe all agreed that, you know, change was needed. So they're all on the same page there, you know, understanding that, you know, they had success, but ultimately last two years came up short and Wick saying that, 
Um, you know, it felt like two seasons kind of were combined into one season, the way, the way they both ended, which I would agree with. I think a similar um, sense of disappointment after each one um, opportunity, opportunity missed in, in both years. And we mentioned that in previous shows, how expectations change throughout the year. And you can say, Oh, they got to the, they got to the NBA finals. Oh, they got to these Eastern conference finals. Yeah, that's true. But expectations shifted where they should have actually advanced further uh, each time. So in that sense, bit of a disappointment. So they may change. He seems high on Porzingis. Um, and it sounds like he had uh, at least uh, one conversation with Porzingis. Um, uh, Porzingis in and out for the, for the presser. Yeah. Yeah. Got the chat quick and then he was gone. Right. And he, they, they all seem high on him. And I think they're just kind of hopeful that, you know, this is the type of change that can maybe spark them uh, into, you know, that, that final level that they need to get to. And, Briefly mentioned Jalen. Really didn't say a whole lot about Jalen until the end. But again, very high remarks. And he said that he yeah, he imagine... talked about that. The presser though, he was there. Yeah, and yeah that's, gave that's all his remarks on. But so. you know, he said couldn't imagine you know any two guys other than Tatum and Brown leading this team moving forward. So it seems like he's saying all the all the right things that that puts his full support behind this roster, Brad. And um, and and the other thing he mentioned briefly was no no intention of selling the team. So. Um, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that would be, yeah. I mean, he's, he's put the money down. On I wouldn't want a guy like him. Years. Yeah. I mean, I think he, listen, he cares about the organization. He wants to win. He's made it obvious that he wants to have a championship. He's fairly team present here. too. You know, it's not like he's talking every other day, but he talks when it's important. Right. And he's invested and he's in the building all the time. And yeah, but there was nothing in there. There was like circle this, highlight this, like, wow. Like, breaking news he might here. be he might be number one on the owner list in town right now honestly <laughs> the way he's spending and the way they're winning and all that um not not might it, i would say definitely actually yeah, yeah definitely so he, he said they came together they met after the season he you know again he talked about both sides that if they, they came back it would have been fine but they wanted to bring in a big and then the deal came together and you know this was like a brad joe driven thing uh so I'm still obviously torn on this, Joe Sway, because the argument that this team needed a shakeup is one I agreed with coming out of the season. And I think we all would be sitting here if they didn't change anything, pissed. Uh, but at the same time, I obviously think Smart's a real loss. I have questions about Porzingis and the fit and all of that. And I'm sort of stuck on both sides of it too, where I'm like, Smart was good for this team. He was effective. He was important. But I'm also intrigued by Porzingis. And that's the other thing you take away from Wick after talking to Joe and after talking to Brad is that they look at Smart and say, yeah, he was great. And, you know, we can sustain this loss. And they're all really excited about Porzingis. So this is a guy that they, they met about, they targeted, and they circled as someone who was crucial, you know, saying that someone else was going to swipe him up right away if we didn't. Yeah, and I think that's a big takeaway from the interview. Uh, I mean, if you want to nitpick or, or dissect something that he said that may have been a uh, ringing endorsement for, for Joe Mazzula, I mean, I, I guess he'd said everything but this is a championship-winning coach. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't look at it as, like, anything that's really surprising. I, I think clearly these guys knew that they that he needed some help and he needed some assistant coaches because that was the first thing they did to start the offseason, right? And they got two of the best ones in the league. So I think that alone speaks to – 
them sort of saying, look, we, we, he wasn't in a great situation in the sense of we didn't give him any assistant coaches that were, you know, revered or, or, you know, uh, people that, that they thought that, okay, this is what Joe needs. But I, I also think that seeing how he feels about or reading how he feels about the Chris Tasperzingas trade, like he's all in. So that's a good thing. I mean, you want them to all be on the same page. I think they truly believe that Marcus Smart was a valuable player, an asset to this team, but you know, they're willing to to trade him to, to maximize the starting lineup, to maximize Tatum and Brown. And, and to hear Wick is on the same page as that, I, I think it's again, no one was no one was like, this is a grueling decision. Like we were debating this back and mm-hmm. forth. Right. And I think that's why I think that's why it's a good thing that Wick didn't give you any sense of that, right? Throughout this interview. He was completely on board so that's good I mean, the organization was are clearly on the same page here and it's a risk worth, worth taking and, and i think that like you said bobby if this team were to run it back the, the exact same way I, we wouldn't feel so great about it so although we didn't envision this happening right no one none of us mentioned the Southern's going out to get someone like chris Tass porzingis it makes a lot of sense and i think hearing wick co-sign that is big and also him saying that look i, I think that Joe Mazzula is a coach that thinks about winning he's going to do his absolute best to do that i, I just think Outside of, again, him saying this is a championship. I mean, this this coach will win a championship. Uh, uh, like, what else do you want him to say in terms of uh, a ringing endorsement? So we'll, we'll pretend John's here, Jimmy, because if he was here, his biggest takeaway from this interview. The pie guy? I think that's what I'm thinking about when I'm like, wait, what's like the big you know, controversial quote in this. And I think that's the closest you get, right? What he said about Missoula. He said, if Joe had done a poor job, I would have thought about replacing him. But he did a very good job. He took us within one game of the best record of the league, one game of being in the finals as a rookie coach. So I'm comfortable and happy to have Joe as head coach. John, of course, as we kicked around this comment in the group chat, was looking for a more ringing endorsement. Something like, I'm thrilled to have him. There's no one I'd rather have. He said, I'm comfortable and happy to have Joe as head coach and leaves the door open, obviously, I think going forward that if he does a poor job, he would replace him. I guess. I mean, we're probably grasping a little bit there. And then in the quote before that, he said, uh, he kind of almost tossed it on Brad. He said, we're in an interesting position or situation at the beginning of last season and Brad strongly recommended Joe for the job and Brad feels even more strongly about him now. And then he goes, and I agree. So kind of like putting it on Brad a little bit there um, that, you know, we we've all heard that Brad is a huge Joe guy and throughout the season, we can see why in certain aspects, um, why he would be. And I think we can all also um, understand it throughout the season at certain points that there were some frustrating moments that I'm sure even jo- Joe would look back on and say, yeah, I could have done a better job about that. So at the end of the day, it was his first year as head coach. It's interesting that they did feel the need to really put some, really established assistant coaches around him kind of signifying that, okay, maybe they do need some additional voices in this locker room. Maybe he does need some help as uh, a younger, obviously one of the younger coaches in the NBA. And so I think they feel comfortable with the coaching staff as, you know, a unit this year more so than how last year, let's be honest. I mean, we can blame Joe because he is the head coach, but, as soon as the regular season ended, half that coaching staff, you know, they had one foot out the door to begin with to go with Ime. That was a broken staff, in my opinion, from the start. They lost guys throughout the year. They didn't replace them. And I'm sure the writing was on the wall all season long that as soon as Ime was hired somewhere, you know, half this staff or whoever. Was, one guy left in the middle of the year. Out. Right. Of course. That's, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah, that's that's Boring. one. And then the rest left as soon as they had the chance to. So I think – 
you know, they're a lot going to be a lot more cohesive this year. And I'm hopeful that, you know, the, some of those growing pains um, are a thing in the past. And I think that's probably where Wick's coming in. Uh, with and that's, why, that's how I see it. That's how I see these assistant coaches, Jimmy. I don't see it as like, oh, this is they're going to threaten your job. I, I see it as guidance, you know, guys that have been there, done that, who've been, uh, you know, teams that have, that have won championships, obviously, you know, and, and right. Charles Lee and the Milwaukee Bucks and, you know, Sam Cassell. And, you know, he obviously was on the 2008 championship team. He was with Doc for so many years. And I, I just look at it in that sense that you have someone to say, well, wait a minute, Joe, maybe we shouldn't do that. Oh, wait a minute, Joe. Let's call a timeout. Well, that's, right? that's, you know what yeah. I mean? Someone that could do that and. And Joe's not gonna, you know, say, "Oh no, we're not doing that." You know, it's just another another voice or a, a couple of right. voices that they had last year. It's gonna come down to coaching style and really like their what the Celtics, how they decide that they're gonna play basketball and how they decide that they're gonna try to be effective on offense. Right? I mean, we we know that they were very heavy on the three last year. Are they just gonna simply play it back, same style, you know, and just hope that they can? Um, you know, hit the shots when it, when it really matters in the playoffs, as opposed to, um, you know, when opposing teams really focus and zone in on exactly what it is that you do well and try to take that away. Right. What's your backup plan? Because I feel like that's where they came up short last year. They didn't have a plan B yeah. when Spolster took away their plan A. And they were, and we've seen it also at the end of games. Look plan, for the open three. Plan A was, fails right? and you're scrambling for plan B yeah. and it ends in a turnover or a rust shot or, you know, ultimately a loss uh, in crunch time. They were not a good team down the stretch execution-wise. That's one of the things that Missoula, Tatum, and Brown uh, specifically uh, need to clear up and get on the same page with. They need to be more uh, smooth, right. uh, and they need, to be, they need to play less panicked basketball, whether right. it's late in games or whether it's in the playoffs. They need to stop acting like they're, uh, you know, the victim or they're the, they're the, the, the team being bullied. The right. guys that are there are panicking out there. They have mm -hmm. to be the aggressor. They have to be the ones that are putting it uh, on the opposing team. So that's really what they should be focusing on. It's more of a mindset. We know what they're capable of skill-wise, but certain parts of the game, it feels like that goes out the window. So I'm yeah. interested to see how Porzingis changes that up and what, what he allows them to do. I know that he's got a, a lot of low post moves. This is a team that doesn't have much of that. They're, shot ch they're not shot chucking, but they are focusing a lot on that outside shot um you know we got we got a 10 second clip clip of of uh time lord uh shooting the ball and everybody uh you know had to run to the bathroom i think so uh, <laughs> i mean i want to see a little bit more before we get before we get too out too out of hand here um but porzingis should be able to help them and, and hopefully make them more a more dynamic offense do you expect yeah. them to be much different stylistically this year because so much of what you heard, oh, he's got to learn, he's got to adjust. But at the same time, you know, Cassell, you mentioned him Joe Sway. It's like, we're not going to try to change him. The wind horse stuff, we kicked it around. I don't remember if you guys were here, but it was, they're doubling down on him. Like, they love what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> they're all in on him. And I guess this is the first time. Again, Jimmy, I'm going here. I don't know if you want to, but Wick is saying if he did a bad job, you know, he's not beyond replacement here. They like no. what he did. And I think there'll still be assessment going into this year. And I think this is something Joe Sway and I agreed on is that you know, these coaches are here to supplement them, but they're also here to push them a little bit. And right. this does have to get right. off to a good start this year. They can't be lagging. They can't be disheveled. They can't be 500 for 20 games. Um, I, I'm sure they'll give them some leeway, but 
this has got to improve. It's got to build on last year. I do think there's some expectation of that. Yeah, I mean, no question. I, I just think when you look at a player like Porzingis and what he's able to do, that should change your offense dramatically. You should have other options. You know, yeah, he can knock down threes, but there's more to it than that, right? He's a good passer. You can get him the block if you need to. You know, he's a third option, which I, I can't remember the last time that's ever happened to him right in his career where he's not like, you know, the number one or number two, you know. It didn't work out in Dallas with Luca, but I, I think this is a different dynamic here between Tatum and Brown. I think they could absolutely make this thing work. Uh, again, I, I feel like it, it makes sense. Wick agreed with that and Brad, obviously, but I just think the only thing that's really holding this whole thing back in terms of like, this is the absolute favorite to win the championship is one, the health, you know, it's mm-hmm. Porzingis is going to be able to put together another season like last year or even better than what we saw last year. And two is just seeing it, come together, right? I mean, Jimmy, I'm sure you can remember in the summer of 07, like there were still skeptics, you know, it's easy to, to, to forget now, but there were skeptics about the, the, the Pierce and the Garnett, you know, how's that going to work? Mm-hmm. You know, Garnett needs his, 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 uh, needs his touches and how's Ray going to get his touches in and what's Paul going to look like? And obviously it, it worked out, you know, clearly, but you know, we have to wait. I'm not saying that this, these, this three is the same as those guys in terms of like the anticipation, but I think there's still some of that. Like we, we have to wait and see what this looks like, like on the floor. Well, the difference, Josue, is is in 07, those players were at different stages of their careers, right? So Tatum That's and Brown true. can still get away with wanting to be the guy and wanting the ball and wanting to be option A. Porzingis too, to some extent, right? I mean, they're not on these the guys are relatively of, younger they're not on the right. back side of 30 right. those guys were around 30 yeah right and and it took a lot of maturity and selflessness it took you know pierce and kg being extremely close friends to begin with you know prior to them even joining um it took a lot and then they surrounded those guys with other veteran players that were looking to win championships some of which had experience some some of which didn't and then they made a couple of key acquisitions throughout the season so it honestly, Josue, you had more reason to doubt it than you than you had to not doubt it for them to have the level of success they had in that first year. Now it's a shame that, that they only got yeah. one after the way things went. They should have probably ended up with two or three. That's you neither here nor there. But with this Celtics team, they need to put their ego, they need to figure out a way to overcome their egos. And it's harder and harder to do in this day and age where NBA players have never been more popular, right? I mean, with, with social media, with, with, you know, marketing out there, these guys are the biggest celebrities in America when it comes to sports. And so it's kind of hard to put that aside and focus on, you know, what it is I have to do specifically for the team, not so much me, especially when you've got guys with playing for contracts and playing to, you know, get that next deal. You know what I mean? So, um, it's a hard balance for some of these guys. I'm not saying it, it isn't, but if they truly do um, want to win, this roster is constructed to win a championship. And I if hate you look this, around the, the East, why do you hate that? You I, hate hate, I, I, I still look back on that and say, what was the difference, really? Do you agree or disagree like, with that statement? So th- for those who are listening, there's a comment up on the screen. That says, I think Missoula, there's a chance. Missoula yeah, is the coach good. if Miami sweeps. And what, what do you hate about it, Bobby? He doesn't agree with it, obviously. <laughs> no, you don't, obviously. You don't agree with it or you do agree with it? He doesn't. Obviously, if they went down in a sweep, I think they would have moved on. But Oh, I thought you didn't agree with it. I don't think winning three more games should have saved. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't see what they gained over that stretch. They should have lost in six, if not for the tip-in. Mm-hmm. 
and not a ton changed. Like the shooting swung in the other direction, and then they got obliterated in game seven. So they weren't really close to coming back. I know they tied the series and got it to a game seven, but the takeaways from that series shouldn't have changed based on them winning a couple more games. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long right now. When you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. I wonder how many people are going to bet on the Patriots. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com Boston. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. 21 plus in president select states. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. So, like I've said all along, if they believe undeniably that this guy's the next big thing, he's going to help them going forward, and he's a real asset that they can't lose, I'm all for it. But if it's, oh, they got going again, you know, he rallied the troops at the end of the series, or we don't want to play the contract, or there's not a better option out there, or whatever kind of... I don't want to say complacent reason or uh, just lack of boldness reason. I don't even know how to describe it. The only reason they should have kept him is if they feel with the utmost confidence that this is the best guy for them going forward. And honestly, it's got to be in the short term, right? Because this team's window isn't massive now. You're building around three stars. You're going to have to make some tough decisions in a couple of years. So I don't want to hear. You have three years. Single Your window year. is three years. I don't want to hear this year. He's learning. He's growing. You know, we're here for the ride with him. He's he's getting better. Like he's gonna be an asset. Like he's gonna be the coach because he's helping this team and he's making them better. Well, I think the biggest takeaway from that, or why it's relevant, is is because I don't think if if there were guys on that team that didn't believe in Joe, I, I don't know if they make that. They don't if they win three in a row. So I, I think that is a big part of it. Um, you know, you look at the way the team responded. I mean, people can say what they want if that was Joe or the players, but again, I don't think, I don't think a team is able to pull that off if they didn't believe in the coach, or at least if you know a, a good chunk of that team, that roster was like, man, you know, this, this this guy isn't even he doesn't have us on the right page, you know. And I think that's that's good, you know. I think that's a that's a really good thing for Joe Mazzulla because yeah, he is still learning. Yeah, people know this is an ideal. I, I think all the excuses. I think right. all the excuses from last year were valid. Right, but those are out the window now. Yeah. I just think I just feel like in that position, Eastern Conference Finals, when you're down 3-0, it could have been easier for guys like Marcus and Tatum and Brown to be like, "Man, Eme should be here. This is some you know bullshit or whatever." Like you know, like it couldn't be yeah, easy. That didn't help him either for sure. If there was that little bit of like, "Man, this isn't the right guy to guide us," I think it would have shown. You know what I mean? Where I don't think that was necessarily the case. I mean, 
maybe some guys felt somewhat that way, but no one felt it enough to be like, oh, this thing is over. Let's, let's just let's just go, you know, one, two, three, Cancun. You know, we, we, never, got that, we never got that. Well, that's thing. where it looked like it was Can't going, right? And then they did show something. <laughs> I know, right? This is go-to. Like, the game four was great. We were down there, Joe Sway. He felt really good coming yeah, out but of that game. game three, the second half of game three. Game like, three, they quit. Are these guys quitting? Like, yeah. you know, you're going to be down 3 0 after this, right? I think that part is what scared me. I'm thinking. And the first half of five. game four wasn't great either. They turned it up in the second half, and that third quarter was awesome, and that kind of sent them on their way. Gabe Vincent right. missed game five. That was a huge deal. And then game six, you got the tip in. So, again, I don't want to hear right. that that was the difference. Honestly, I would have been, I would feel even better if they came out and were just like, even if they got swept, he was staying because we have that kind of confidence in him. We're not going to let in one right. series decide this. And I'm sure that is how they feel. Like they've, everything I heard last year was that this is the guy we're all in on him and he's going to be great. And if he's the next poster or whatever it might be, I'm all for them keeping him. But if it's going to be learning and growing and this and that again this year, like I just, I, the excuses all of them were valid. He took over a day before camp. Uh, the Eme thing was hanging over them all year, I'm sure, to some degree. And he didn't have the time or space to implement what he wanted to implement. And then what you said to start off, Jimmy, the assistant situation was just a disaster. So all those excuses were valid, but they're all out the window to start this year. So they, they got to start strong. And, you, and the other thing with the, with the Eastern Conference Finals, what was also disappointing, and you could make the case that, you know, just as bad as getting swept is losing that game seven at home. I mean, right. How do you lose that game seven at home after coming back down Oh three and being the better team on paper again, on paper, well, it, all the pressure on Miami, like I was saying, right? Yeah. And that one's so, so tough. Cause looking back on it, Tatum was hurt. Rob was throwing up. Uh, the Tatum Brogdon, injury. He should have never injury. played Brogdon. So, but see, that's where the mental toughness comes in because Miami Heat, they sniffed that out. They're yeah, like, man, you guys, are, you guys are scared right now. You guys are vulnerable. It happened early enough where they should have been able to pivot to some degree. Like, they shouldn't have ended up getting blown out. There's no doubt about that. Right, exactly. Like, you want to see them go down fighting. All right, let's I got pass at 7 and 10 at best. Anyways. They're over under 7.5, so you'll want to go the under there. There you go. Hammer the under. Let's hit I this quick. I know everyone's tired of the Jalen stuff, but I've been – Looking forward, I, I think you might have texted over your reaction that day, Jalen, uh, uh, Jimmy, when Jalen had the press conference and signed and everything like that. But yeah. what's just your general reaction to uh, the Max contract? Getting I don't want to beat a dead horse. I know it's been talked about, but this was something that the Celtics pretty much had to do. Um, it kind of feels and felt the whole process. It just, it almost gives me like arranged marriage vibes. It was like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get married because it makes the most sense for both of us at this time to get married. Did like, you see the pressure, though? I saw bits and pieces of it. I was surprised. It was a little bit more sunny, and obviously it's going to be a positive thing. But Yeah, yeah man, it's the richest was, deal ever, of course. Yeah, better be sunny. It was shining over there. There was a lot more jubilation. Because, again, the last year or two here, it's been a lot of frustration and pause and just Right. Uh, well, that, that's why committal. I think... That's kind of why Jalen. That's kind of why I feel the way I do. I mean, I, I I honestly wonder that if it wasn't a record-setting amount of money, if we would have, be having this conversation right now. So that's the vibe I get. But hey, maybe they can learn to really love each other. And what I mean by that is, whether it's Jalen to the city, the city to Jalen, Jalen to the Celtics, Celtics to Jalen, whatever. They obviously love each other enough to come to terms in this deal. I think that he's the best option that they had 
and he continues to make them championship contenders. So they signed the contract. I think it almost feels like, and again, I was just reading that through that Wick um, interview, the very last, I'll pull up the quote so I don't screw it up here. The very last question was about the CBA. And um, sorry, the, I guess the second, the second to last question. Um, nope. Sorry. Let me keep going back here. Third to last question. Yeah, which one was it, Jimmy? Third to last question. Okay, it was the, right. the NBA's new CBA agreement includes a new second apron that puts even more restrictive measures in place for the highest spending teams. What kind of directives have you given the front office about being aware of that and managing it? How has it altered the approach, if at all? Wick says, I was on the labor committee that worked on the new CBA. I've been on every labor committee since I got in the league. The league doesn't allow us to comment on the details of the CBA. But having said that, we're obviously all in with a record contract for Jalen and with our payroll this year in coming years. Eventually, there are basketball penalties for spending. So that will go into the thought process down the road. But at the moment, the best basketball thing we can do is what we're doing. So again, this made the most sense for the Celtics to do at this time. We all know how Jalen's contract, Tatum's future contract, and Porzingis' contract are all going to affect this roster in a few years. And at that point, they're going to have to make some real decisions about this roster. Does that include Jalen? Does that include Porzingis? I have no idea. I don't know. Just as like you guys don't know. But it tells me that there's like a definite two to three window here with this roster construction where something would have to go terribly wrong player would have to demand a trade or whatever it would be for it not to be these guys. So this is their We're team. Buzz about White now too, making 26, 27 million uh, in a couple of years on extension. Yeah, so. Exactly. And he's on certainly going to have an extended role this year. And so that's another guy to look out for. So I think they had to do it, Bobby. I think they were also happy to do it and glad to do it. But do I, do I feel like as a Celtics fan, do I wish that there was a little bit more, I don't know, like, do I wish I felt a little bit more love? I think so. But it makes sense for the only thing they could really could have done at this, at that point. So um, that's where we're at with it. And a year from now, who knows, Jalen Brown becomes a player that they can trade again. He's obviously going to still be considered a, one of the great talents in this league. And if there's a team out there that, uh, you know, if for whatever reason it doesn't work out here, then there's, there could be suitors for him. More As opposed to just control, losing yeah. him or, or panic trading him for, you know, at the last year of his deal and getting, you know, 40 cents on the dollar. I generally like the move Joe Sway loves. Yeah. No player option. Would you make of the deal and I, the press conference too? The reaction to it. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was great. I mean, good for good for Jalen. I, I I do think that it's a little weird for a couple of reasons. One being that he's not the best player on the Celtics, right? He's not. Some people will argue if he's top twenty, top twenty five. Okay, well he's not top five. So to see the him have the richest, you know contract in NBA history is kind of weird, you know, for most people, even including us. And two, the biggest reason why is because this team hasn't won a championship yet, right? So you you wonder if, if this is it, if this three-year window, will they capture it? And, and I think the Celtics are doing their best to, to make that yeah. happen. And of course, giving Tatum his best teammate he's ever had in the NBA, it's got to be part of that. So I, I don't, I think it was a no-brainer. Um, I, I think the money is going to be a talking point for the next six, seven months, but then it'll be somebody else. You know, it'll be a handful of other players making uh, just as much or more. So uh, I'm happy for Jalen. I, I just want to see how he responds, you know, mm. um, talking about defense in that press conference. I, I love that because I, I want Jalen to be that guy who is, isn't afraid to, to defend the best player on the opposing team and, and, and excel at that, you know? So you look at what he's done throughout his career, 
his numbers get better and better, you know, in one statistical category or another. It was three last season, you know, career highs. And, and I think that's that's good. I think that's someone who deserves a raise. I just think it's it's just weird because how much money it is. We're not used to seeing this much money being, you know, handed out. But the Celtics did what they were supposed to. And I thought it was super cool for him to talk about, you know, um, uh, Black Wall Street and, and, and the uh, – the, the, the wealth gap between the city of Boston and, and the rest of the town. I mean, that's man, like that, that hit home for me. You know, I, I grew up in Boston and uh, went to school in the suburbs. I, I saw that right up, up close and personal, right. Uh, going, being bust out for 12 years, you know, to the suburbs. So I thought that was pretty cool, man. As a local Boston guy, that was really cool to see Jalen talking about that, you know, right before signing that contract officially. That was front and center. His, his investment in Boston. He's, yeah. It's pretty cool. He's been in there all summer, and I know he's traveled a little bit too. People didn't love the Spain trip for some reason or another, but he's he's been there in Boston. Maybe he wanted that option. <laughs> I know he's just in Japan. They're going crazy for him in Japan. Tatum's getting that option. What do you guys think? Oh, no yeah. doubt. Not to compare contracts right away, this but is the I mean, first. This is the first Supermax without a player option. So the Celtics have him for six years right now. Yeah, and you're really. The trade kicker is not going to impact much at all here. So this was a real win for the Celtics. I know the salary's through the roof and he's got to get better. And again, the dynamic on this team at the top needs to change in terms of making each other better, connecting, and just overall competency offensively. Like there's going to be a lot of improvements on that end this year, even though they were technically number one during the year. Uh, they got to they got to be more in control. And uh, you know what? Again, Jimmy, we talk about it all the time. These deals are given out projecting that you're going to improve mm-hmm. and these deals are given out putting more on your shoulders because there's going to be less money to go to other guys around them. So they do have a year or two here where you're still going to have your Horfords and your Robs. Sure. And, and there's there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot more pressure on Jalen Brown now because you can't talk about Jalen Brown without talking about that contract anymore. Right. And I mean, from, starting now. Went from a bargain to possibly a, a player that some people are going to be just questioning if he's worth that money now. So He's, overpaid yeah. and, and maybe maybe he'll prove everybody wrong and i'm sure that would every Celtics fan would love for that to happen right i mean we all would so but that's part of that why is everyone talking about be, drumming in the chat you want to be called a superstar and treated like a superstar that comes with the with the <laughs> price tag so um again i it keep was looking the, like did they sign drumming <laughs> you're googling made, it right now <laughs> made the best case made the best sense for them at the time so that's yeah, no, definitely. what else? And, what else we got, Bobby? But, but this is definitely the fourth quarter of this of this tandem, right? Like, do you do either of you realistically third. see you see him finishing out this contract in Boston? Oh, no, that's the that, thing. That's a so, long time from now, though. I don't think there's any think thought of that now. We don't but have part to of think this about deal, that. Six part of this now, de- right? Aliens are going to be running around. Yeah. Here, so like, well, <laughs> not yet. No, but part of this deal just structurally was how can we have a little bit of protection on both sides? The Celtics don't. Uh, there's no no trade clause, of course, so Brown didn't get a ton of protection here. But maybe, you know, toward the tail end of the deal, the trade kicker helps him out a little bit. And then, of course, the no-player option, that just creates a longer runway for if Brown asks out, Celtics can kind of hold back against that and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're signed four more years, even two years from now. So, again, you're going to have to make a choice there. Porzingis taking a little bit of a pay cut helps to some degree, but at some point this roster does get so expensive that you do have to start picking and choosing. I think they're in the middle of the roster and White's in that category too. So I'm interested to see what deal he gets done. He's extension eligible in the fall, but we'll get to that when we get to it. You know, I'm excited for this, Jimmy. World Cup. 
What do you got? They were on last night. Uh, we didn't get to see Pritchard, but word was... You need to be specific. Then, there's a there's a Women's World Cup going on right now. So. FIBA World Cup. We're, yeah, we're, okay. Basketball show here. Talk, just making sure. We did talk Red Sox, and we did talk Patriots. <laughs> so Pritchard's out there in Vegas, or he was. Training camp's over now. Uh, playing with the select team, which was mm-hmm. a couple guys rehabbing. It was a really good select team with Chet Holmgren and Cade Cunningham. And uh, just like they have a couple of times in the past, I guess this has happened before in these camps, is that the select team came out and kicked the regular team's ass. Oh, yeah. Pritchard looked good. The athletic was right in that he was one of the stronger guys out there. Uh, I know Jaron Jackson has kind of been voted as the guy who's been the best looking of all the players in that camp. But Pritchard made the select team, which you know was some real deal young guys. And played well out there. And this is a guy that Celtics are going to be leaning on for some amount of minutes this year. I think the hype train probably gets a little off the tracks here with Celtics fans sometimes with him, you know, Just based on the production. But I do think he's a guy with a little bit more regular minutes, more ball time, and more clarity on his role consistently playing night to night that can improve on what I thought were pretty lackluster stats when he was thrown into games last year and even the year before that. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Bobby. I think he's ready to take on a, a more meaningful role and consistent minutes and be, you know, have a, a role, you know, not not be someone that only plays when other guys are out or, you know, play when they're down by 25, they need some sort of, some sort of spark off the bench. So I, I think he's proven himself in that regard, um, especially when you consider Malcolm Brogdon and how the Celtics were really, uh, did a really good job of monitoring his minutes, even though at the end of the playoffs, you know, he still ended up getting hurt. I think you see the Celtics do something similar in this year with someone like Pritchard to take over those minutes. And, and I think that'll be great for this team. And I think that'll be, you know, by December or January, give this team a sense of where Pritchard's at and his progression and whether that's someone that they want to hold on to or try to trade midseason, that's still a possibility. But I like the chances of him um, thriving in a role for the, for the Celtics, coming off the bench, maybe the eighth man or, or whatever the case may be, but getting those consistent minutes where he's not stacking up DMPs and wondering, you know, if he's going to be able to, 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 to latch on to another team. Yeah, I think there's going to be a mix going into this year of fans who are really excited about him and want him having a major role in this team or guys who are like, yeah, let's see What's what a major role? Every night, 15, 20 Every minutes. Every day minutes, sprinkling yeah. in. I mean, the thing we really got to talk about is how healthy Brogdon's going to be because if Brogdon needs to take some time off in camp or there's like an easing in process with him, which we haven't really heard much about, all of a sudden Pritchard has a significant role in that backcourt you know they'll play bigger and i'm sure put tatum at the three and brown at the two more to stagger that but they'll have to play some Mm -hmm. there's no doubt about it this year yeah and i think this is like sort of like the shitter get off the pot does that concern you does that excite you i mean um more excite than i mean nothing nothing concerns me um i mean i (laughs) I think that they have enough talent where they can get by without playing him major minutes, but it would be nice if he could take on a bigger role. Um, I think that he's going to get an opp- more of an opportunity this year, certainly with Marcus Mark gone. Um, but I don't, I'm not, I don't know if I necessarily see 20 minutes a game regularly out of Pritchard. I mean, I think he's a situational guy. I do think that they should have went to him more last year in situations where they needed a boost off the bench or they needed some instant offense. He's a great shooter. We know that. We've seen him hit deep, deep threes on numerous occasions. And it's tough when you're just sitting on the bench all game 
And then you get asked to go in like cold and you're trying to. Uh, I think 2022 know. is a good model. 71 games, 14 minutes a game. And they played a lot of double big that year too. But Brogdon yeah. wasn't there and he was the backup. I think that's I think that's a lot more of a realistic expectation. Now, that doesn't mean that he's, I mean, we're talking about averages here. There are going to be games where he does play 20, 25 minutes and there are going to be games where he plays 10. It's going to be matchup based. This is a guy coming off the bench. He's not going to be your seventh your sixth or seventh guy off the bench. And he's going to come in, spell the guards when he can. And if he's playing well, and if he's not a liability on the defensive end, he'll earn more playing time. And I think that's how he has to go into this. Um, and, how, you know, obviously he goes out there and he plays hard. Um, pretty much every time you see him out there. I know he had a frustrating year and there was some talk of him wanting to be traded. Obviously he's had a conversation with Brad since the season ended. I imagine they're on the same page, at least on where Brad thinks he is, uh, his role in this team is and what it could be and what he sees uh, of himself. So again, that'll be one of the fun things to, I guess, watch for at the beginning of the year, summer, uh, summer league preseason, heading into the season to see his increased role and how this uh, Team USA experience um, plays a role in, in, in his growth as a player. It's only It can only mean good things to, for him to be uh, playing with uh, players of that level right now. I don't think you ever had to worry about him and work ethic and all that too. He's always no. on the court. He lives there. He plays so. balls out. There'll be, there'll be some fun competition in camp, I think. Like, Hauser could... Bill minutes, we think Pritchard does. No, he's not a ball handler, but if they always have a ball handler out there and Brogdon's healthy, you know, Hauser's bigger, probably a better shooter, I'd say. I think he can say that. Agree with that. So there'll be competition here, and some people like well, Ben. He's a little raw. He can earn um, Missoula's trust, you know? I, I That's one of the bigger question marks if you ask me in terms of like what he did to get himself out that rotation like I, I know we've been through it before the second round matchup and I, I understood what he had to do that against Philly but he never went back to Hauser you know after going so uh no Hauser uh, they went Pritchard in Miami series but he's just standing in the corner there's no effort to integrate right. him at all yeah so that's Pritchard, the thing this year we've talked Pritchard about for- too like you gotta play your depth during the regular season I Kev. wouldn't do that Jimmy no Kev. I wouldn't do it either Kev Kev paid two bucks to ask you that guy, so you got to give him an answer. You wouldn't yeah, do that? No. Why not? That must be his boy. DeLon Wright must be his boy. <laughs> Wright's an okay. He's one of those average ball handling backup guards. It's not like Pritchard. Pritchard. Yeah. Pritchard has more upside to you? I know, Pritchard's never been an upside guy. Like He was a four-year college guy, right? Came in ready to go. He was good right. that rookie year. He's still good. Going into yep. year four, and there's some ways he's gotten better, but none of us look at Pritchard and say this guy's going to be the starting point guard one day. Like he's a steady, reliable, no. deaf guy in this league. He's a he's a yeah. role player, but he lost his role. And so is right. So he's that's on the, the that's side. the guy who played two games in the NBA Finals two years. You know, it's hard to believe. They're gonna, I think, try to that's keep right. him going forward. It's gonna have to be at the right price, and this is his contract year, of course. So. You know, maybe you want to see him out there and see how it goes before you do that. But uh, they'll have a window, I think, to get that, something that, done with him too. Nothing, nothing has shown me that they're like gonna resign Pritchard. I haven't seen anything like that yet. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to see it first, obviously, in camp yeah, and all of that. Of course, and figure out what 
role he has going forward and Brogdon too. Like he's such a swing guy in this. Like is he ready to go? Is he gonna be the same? That's the uh that's what's gonna happen a lot for teams, right? With his new CBA and just the the, the the new NBA, if you will, right? It's like guys either making like twenty to forty million or you're making Two to five, you know what I mean. Right, yeah, twenty again. We were all shocked. Like, no, I mean, like I'm t- talking about Pritchard, right? Like, yeah. and like if you don't, if you don't cut it, you're getting dumped. You know what I mean? They're not going to give you a raise. They would rather go ahead and get That's someone else for two, three million that can do the same thing that you level. that you've been yeah. doing. You know, so I, I think you know Pritchard is just one example of, of of so many you know players like that throughout across the league. The teams would have to make that decision. Like, do we want to lock this guy in, or can we get the same production elsewhere? at a cheaper, you know, cheaper price. Especially when you have as many picks as this team has now into the future too. And we haven't even mentioned Wallace who, who could break through uh, in this group here this year. I do want to get to Brogdon quick because I, I was curious what you guys thought of this from the Brown presser, but uh, let's do uh, something fun here with Jimmy, our good sponsors, AG1. Oh, we'll do that at the end. Jimmy forgot. Jimmy forgot. <laughs> All right. No, we're going to do it at the end. So let, me tease, let me tease that at the end. I do want to share about Oh, we can um, tease it now, but we're just going to do it. At the end. Yeah, let's do a couple of lightning topics. So worth the wait. Spend, we can got, spend a few minutes on this one, but John didn't think this was much. I did. We were talking to Joe at uh, the Brown presser, and uh, I think Gary asked him, you know, where's Brogdon at? He was almost traded. Now he's back. Now he's part of the team going forward. Like, are there hard feelings there? And They're like, damn it, Gary. Why are you going to bring this Joe's shit? Joe's like, yeah, you know, there's a healing process here. He's, we're, he's talking with the organization. And, you know, that's something you just have to go through. And John thought he was just, you know, talking and, you know, saying words and didn't mean to come. But <laughs> I thought using the word or the phrase healing process. And no, this wasn't about his arm. This was about. Yeah. Hard mending, feelings. Mending the relationship. Yeah, but, yeah mending they, the relationship. Did you guys make much of that? Yeah, they did come off a little, a little empty because like you just tried to trade him a couple of weeks ago. Like, come on, man. Like, obviously, yeah. it's going to be awkward. And clearly, you want him to be on the same page. But you can't act like, you know, you didn't just try to trade him and then turn around and say, oh, no, he's a big part of the future. I'm like, well, yeah, now he is. But that wasn't that wasn't ideal. That wasn't the, you know, that wasn't the. the your, and he'll be coming on the bench again this year, which wasn't easy for him last year. Well, clearly, because he talked about it, right? Yeah. But I, I think this will be a little bit different, though. I, I think you'll see him more at the end of the games, which used to drive us crazy, right? You you, you would see him check out, like, the six-minute mark after going off for, like, I don't know, say 20 points, and Missoula would forget about him, even if they, it went into overtime, you know? He would stick with Marcus, so I, I don't... It's a good point. Obviously, that's not going to happen this time around. And, you know, you wonder about the usage rate, how that affects him by April, you know, slash May, but they have to figure that out. Yeah, that's a good point, Joseph. I think it was the fact that they went away from him late in games, and that was also around the time where sometimes they would falter down the stretch, and it may have been because of Marcus Smart and being in the game. So, um, yeah, I, Bobby, to answer your question, relationship status, it's complicated. I think that's kind of where it is right now with these two. Yeah. I, I think that they can still – I still think that Brogdon is, you know, uh, he's a very mature player. He, by all accounts, is a really great individual, and I think that he'll be able to sort of put that aside. And again, he did sacrifice last year um, more than probably anybody did on that team, and he probably feels a little slighted that, you know, doing so, um, you know, he was he was thanked by, you know, almost being traded out of town, and if if not for you know a little snafu. Um, so listen, he can use that as motivation. I mean, this is the sixth play, sixth man of the year, right? So. He should still feel extremely proud of the season he had. I, I wouldn't let that bother me. 
He knows that it's a business. He's a smart guy. He, I think, is actually pretty pretty involved uh, in the NBA outside of just games. So I'm sure that he's not naive to the ins and outs of the NBA business. So he'll get over it. I think the main thing is getting his health on track. He needs to be healthy. He needs to be physically ready to go. The emotional stuff, he'll be fine. Just want to make sure that this guy isn't hampered by anything going into the year. And then now all of a sudden, I you think are that's the most underrated story of the off season. I'm no, or under discussed. I think how healthy is he? Is he ready to go? Mm-hmm. Will he need surgery out of nowhere in the fall? Will he need even a couple of weeks to continue resting it in camp or into the season? Uh, not a ton on that. And it really, really isn't right now. And you're not seeing him shooting. You're not seeing the workout videos. Not that he's that kind of guy anyway. You know, talking to him throughout the year, I think he's probably just chilling with his family. That's his big thing. So it's pretty low key. Mm-hmm. He's professional. So again, I don't think he's going to be causing a scene in there. So no, he won't be screen up on subliminals and nothing like that. But the real question is how committed <laughs> yeah. they are to him because they, I think they continue to try to look at different options there throughout the year. There were some Clippers <clears throat> talks that got reported. Uh, and, you know, maybe even the Clippers come back around. Oh, he's not untouchable, yeah. Bobby. That's for sure. We Especially know that. Since- I mean, if the right. You know, the, the money was no. tough. That's the reason they got him for Neesmith and Tice and all the other guys is he was making $66 million over three years, and he's got $44 million left, which in the tax and uh, in this new second apron environment, that's a pretty hefty price tag for your sixth man, especially if you're going to bump White up to like almost $30 million. So, I agree with you. I think Brogdon's worth that much money. I mean, you really? were going to give Grant Williams $16 million It's a luxury. It but it's a luxury. What, item. It's a luxury, but okay. But you're a team that needs a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. You need luxuries right now. You don't need him if you're the if you're the Houston Rockets or something. You need winning teams need a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. So to have him at 22 million when Jalen Brown or, or whoever but, but is making But do you think he did enough last, to help their issues last year? He scored great, but I think the passing and especially the defense left a lot to be desired. I think he was the sixth man of the year for a reason. He came in right off the bench. He paced that second unit. He gave them scoring a lot of times when they needed it. We can talk about how Derek White came on, uh, you know, later on in the second half of the year and all that stuff. That's fine. But it was Malcolm Brogdon as their third guy on offense for a lot of this year. So recency bias is one thing, but to act like he wasn't, you know, effective or he wasn't what they needed. Yeah, they had three really good guards last year. Now they have two. So you yeah. need him more so this year than you did last year. So I wouldn't just, you know, toss him to the side just like that and say, oh, he's a luxury. No, and I said that all summer. If they dumped him, I would have been furious. You well, have I was going to say, well, how many times throughout the first three months of the season where we were like, man, if this team had Brogdon, they win the championship. Or, you know, it would have been a much yeah. different series in 2022. So, I mean, I, I think that alone shows that obviously there's a lot of value there. But just the way he was used – you know, towards the tail end of the games. And again, obviously the health thing was always in the back of everyone's mind. So it was all good until the you know, you know, finals that he, he still got hurt, you know? So I, I think that's that's when you hear Celtics fans being like, okay, he's making 20 million. You can match that in a deal somewhere. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. I, I think it had less to do with his production. I just think it was more out of frustration because of his health and because, you know, what's going on. And, and they, the Celtics fans want to see that the, the Celtics can get at least one more uh, one more player since they're switching things up the way they did throughout this offseason. He was kind of in a let him cook role too. And I wonder if that's be, that'll be adjusted at all, especially now that Smart's gone toward more facilitating ball handling, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, 
rapid fire before we get out of here. I reported and Stein put uh, out there as well that the door is still open for Blake Griffin. Okay. Bring okay. Him back. Okay, Bobby. Breaking news. Yeah. Right. <laughs> breaking news, Bobby. Yeah, I say do no, it. This is a guy. Board. He's your fifteenth guy. Again, you guys knew my thought on this. I, I I called him one of the biggest pleasant surprises joining this team that I can remember because I thought he was going to give them absolutely nothing. And he ended up becoming one of the more fun parts of the team last year and gave them some nice off-day production when Horford was out. He was a starter in those games, and they won pretty much all of those games with him playing really well. And honestly, they probably should have given him a shot in the playoffs. I know you said that, Josue. You didn't really see him outside of that weird game where he came in, looked like they were going to win the Hawks series at home, and then they blew it. Uh, so that was really his only playoff. Yeah, no damn sense, man. But, <laughs> listen, your, your front court's a little, little bit more full. I, I hope Sam Cassell, Charles Lee, Joe Mazzula, they just all sit down and and Cassell and, and, and Lee can just take turns of saying, like, this is what you did wrong. Like, because you know, they were, <laughs> you know they were watching, especially yeah. Cassell. He was in the damn He was on the opposite side. Yeah, yeah, he was on the opposite side. Like, I would love, like, they don't have to tell us, but I, I hope at some point that happens, like, throughout the season. Well, it's interesting. You're hearing Joe talk more, talk more about defense now, too. Listen, Blake was a good guy to have in the room. The tricky part is now, and I, you know, I think there's some family considerations here, too, distance from family, but is he going to have a role at all on this team? Because you have an extra center now, of course. Horford's maybe coming off the bench, and he's kind of that backup center. Luke's still in the fold here, of course. I'm going to mention him. There you go. He's, we got it. Everybody drink. <laughs> he's, he's a guy who's going to play. <laughs> Are there minutes? Is there even a need for Blake on this team? Who's going to play? I think so. I think so. When you, when you think about Al getting older and what he was doing last year with the spot starts, I, I think you see a little bit more of that. If he does come back, um, I think he'd be a bit more rejuvenated. I don't know if that means he's going to be a, a better player, but I mean, having to sit throughout pretty much the entire postseason, I, I think you'll, you'll see that reflection in the beginning of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's you know, a bit more spry and ready to go and what he is in the locker room, the whole bus one boys, all that stuff. I, I think that's great. I, I would really, I'd love to see uh, Blake come back for sure. And, and I think that there is a role for him when you think about um, how thin the front court gets after the first two guys in that depth chart. They could use a fifth guy there, I'd say. And he can play Absolutely. some four too. He shoots. Look, I know people uh, got excited watching Jordan Walsh, but Let's let's pump the brakes a bit, right? You know, does he have a chance to get Easy. some in here and there? Sure, but he's not Easy, gonna lock Joe down a role. Sway. Easy, Joe. He's not gonna lock down a role for you. We're talking about right. Joe Sway's not getting that number twenty-seven jersey. We're talking no. about we're talking about first Shoot. team all defense. Shooting forty percent or whatever, forty plus percent from behind the arc in summer league. That doesn't translate to the NBA. Come on, guys. So I'm a Blake. Up. I'm a Blake guy too. Um, I'm not even. I don't even really care so much about what need he fills as the. 15th guy on the roster if that's what he is it's team dynamic stuff it's off the court stuff it's team building he's got um a good you know i think he's got a good rep uh what do you want to call it a good whatever he's friends with the guys he's rapport thank you bob he's gonna yeah listen he's, he's a fun guy to be around i think he makes the locker room more enjoyable makes whatever the bus more enjoyable road trips he's an experienced <laughs> veteran he can, you know, offer. Yeah, he can offer tips and whatever he needs to or wants to to some of these younger guys, and they all like him. Does anyone not like Blake Griffin? I've never, you know, anyone on their team not like Blake Griffin. No. So I think that'd be a good addition to have. I mean, what are they going to do with that roster spot, anyways? Let's be real. If we're if we're diving 
deep into the 15th guy during these games, then there's bigger issues with someone said so. Blake is our Haslam. Come on, he's not OG yet. Gee. Are they named you guys? Yeah, have come on. Guys? So they opened up a roster spot. I'm still I curious. I think he's still closer to 30 than he is to 40, right? What is he, 34? Come on, guys. Yeah. Be, be nice he's on the back guy. end physically. Be nice though. to a 34 year old. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. But, there, but, but, Bobby, I mean, like, he's our teams aren't banging down the door to sign this guy. So I don't really think he's going to have much of a, uh, if he wants to play on a team, he's not going to be like, well, I don't know if my role here is as good as it is over here. I mean, right. this is a team that can win a championship right. first and foremost. That's what these guys he has to believe that. Can they no jump on a team? It. Like, can they jump on a team and win a ring? That's kind of where you're at. Yeah. And it took him till October last year. I'm sure he'll take a similar amount of time this uh, time around. So uh, we'll see what Blake decides. The door is open, as we said there. Is there any free right, agents out there? You got that. Wait, hold on, Michael. Michael. We're talking about this upcoming season, all right? Don't come, don't come, don't come after me in 2025 being like, well, well he's well, a starter now. I'm talking about this year, okay? Jordan Walsh, not, not quite yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are there any free agents out there? They got an open roster spot right now, so if it's not Blake. Don't ask, don't ask me that. <laughs> Anyone intrigue you? They warn. No. I'll down this hill. Jimmy's TJ always Warren. one of the cousins. The chat wants Drummond. It's it's that time of year. Who's nah, get there? a backup wing. TJ Warren, Terrence Ross. One of these guys that just goes in there and just gives you offense. It's a lot of guys still. TJ Warren is available? Warren's still available. That's my number one guy. Oh, hell yeah. I would take him in a heartbeat. I, you know, from my Pacers days. <laughs> terrible I'm him. a huge TJ yeah. Warren guy. I'm so excited about the Pacers. I think they're going to be pretty good this year. TJ Warren will give you that. T- you, you think you lost some toughness with Marcus Smart? TJ Warren will give you oh, that yeah. toughness back very quick. Last one I got for you guys. This this is for you, Nick. Bleacher Report. Oh, Nick's yeah. very upset. They left. Oh, man. Rightfully so. Oh, I know what you're about to say. You got the Yo. list. They left Brown and Tatum Who did off this? the top 10 list on their no, top, top five, five list of that duos in the NBA. Top five duos. <laughs> Are you pulling they it up? They made honorable mention. Don't what worry. Do yeah, want me to put it on the screen? John doesn't usually like this, but I, you know, Just I do love it for doing a second. it. Um, yeah. Ranking the NBA's top superstar see. duos. Here you go. You seeing this? Hey. Are you gonna put like you're gonna? No, we're not. There seeing you go. It. You're gonna put like the actual article up. Oh wow. So, here we go. We'll go from uh, the top to the bottom here. Number one duo. Oh, dude, according to Bleacher Reports article here, Duran and Booker. So I don't really have a huge problem with this other than the fact that there's just a small sample size. But are those two unbelievably talented basketball players? Yeah, they are. And like Durant's still playing. I know that Durant's on the quote-unquote back end of his career, but he's still playing like one of the best players in the NBA. And we know Booker is flirting around with that MVP, you know, top five Tatum Tatum level type uh, performances. So I don't have a huge it's problem. It's about how you feel about Booker versus Tatum, I think. And I feel like he's been playing better. He played better when Durant came along, man. It's just like he's just motivated. incredible in the playoffs. Yeah, man. As far as postseason performances last year, Booker was better than Tatum. Fair. Yeah. Next. Number two, I believe, was Giannis and Holiday. Uh, He's giving Holiday a lot of credit as the number two there. Well, he is number two now. I think that's, yeah, exactly. Great defender. A lot of this is Giannis, right? A lot of it's Giannis. I don't know if they if Giannis makes them the second best, um, but certainly you can't argue that they're. I don't know really how you put him over awesome. the number three. So this these guys should be number one. Yeah. Come on, champions, 
unstoppable the whole way through. No one touched them. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I love, obviously, Jokic is the MVP. Or, I'm sorry. He should have been the MVP. It's but the it was not beat. He was the finals MVP. And then Murray balled out, dude. And that's after the serious injuries that he's had in his career. This dude's unbelievable. They have a killer mentality. They play awesome two together. Right Anybody now watch miles the finals? ahead of Brown and Tatum. Like, when I think of a duo, yeah, when I think of a duo, I think of these two guys because they are like share a brain out there in the basketball court. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, the position makes makes sense. They know where each other's are going to be. They they make each other better. This is like my number one duo right now. So yeah, Durant and Booker, they're super talented in and of themselves. You got to wait and see how they make each other better. But we know Jokic and Murray make each other so good. Should all these guys be above Tatum and Brown so far? Josue, Giannis, KD, so Booker. far. Jokic, Murray. So far. All right, number four, right. LeBron and Davis. I think, yeah, this one doesn't belong in the top five. Now, five years ago, sure. LeBron, I'm, I'm, not, everyone knows I'm a LeBron guy. I'm not an AD Who would have won that final all, if it was Celtics Lakers? But I am a LeBron guy. And even I can say that they probably don't belong on this list anymore. I know that Ooh. they just signed, re-signed, or extended right. Anthony Davis. But... LeBron is, you know, LeBron's still balling out. Don't get me wrong. I just don't, I don't put them at number four as duos. I think Tatum and Brown. Too injury prone. Are probably, probably, yeah. Well, Well, yeah, that too, but just. just I think you got to assume. Just the overall production though. After, after seeing what Tatum and Brown did, the the two best scoring duo in the NBA and what the Celtics did the year prior, you know, getting to the NBA finals. I, I think they've reached that point where you can say that, they're a better duo than these guys. I, I think, honestly, this is where I would put Tatum and Brown. But, okay, you, you, put them at you don't want to put them at four, that's fine. But Big Dad would be at number five. I think their ability is a factor. This was insane. If you're assuming health, though, I mean, LeBron's still that guy, even at this age and, you know, defensive regression. <sighs> that's why, well, Bobby, that's that's why they're up as far yeah. as they are. I think that's carrying, neck and neck, honestly. You know, when these two guys are it's right, debatable. it's debatable. Davis, it's definitely debatable. I just still have so much respect for Davis, and he's won a championship. Remember, these two guys have won a championship. It was a couple of years ago, but that was years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say that was years ago. Yeah, I don't really have the same amount of respect for Davis that you do, Bobby. I think he's, eh, he doesn't do it for yeah. Him. LeBron, obviously, I, I have the utmost respect for him and he's he he is advanced i i give brown and tatum the edge on their ability i do think that matters because you just don't know whether these guys are going to get to the finish line uh number five i just i i just think it's like this is ridiculous this one's this trash. is why i was like okay trash. you lost all credibility with this list when you put these guys there like i mean these guys struggled yeah. that was the story of the late seasons that these two struggled to play together how they're just they're just going based on on talent individual talent at this at what or two K rating. I think Brown's better than Kyrie at this point. You know, you yeah. could debate Luca Tatum, but I think Tatum's had the durability, defense, you know, playoff runs and consistency and stuff like that too. Luca's got some. Luca's a Luca's a better scorer. But, yeah, better yeah, but passer. Jalen has made a significant leap. When you these guys are not top five. Yeah. No. Luca and and Kyrie, they might not even last the season together. So okay? we're saying, so I'm not going to give them. I'm not we're saying fourth them. at the lowest for Brown and Tatum, who did make honorable mention. They're nice enough to do that. Oh, how sweet! 
Tatum and Brown made honorable mention with Embiid and Harden. And I think it was Kawhi and Paul. They took an analytic approach here. Expected plus minus for Brown, 46 in the NBA. And their net rating together, plus 5.2, which uh, was lower than their overall net rating. But again, we've talked about this. Still, Still leadership strides to be made. Still strides to be made in terms of playing together and consistency. So you could say all that about Kyrie and Luca too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm I'm not saying they should be off the list. I'm saying Sure. For a little while there, we were saying this might be the top duo in the league. And I think all of us sit here and agree right now that they're not. And so they're gonna have to take some steps to get back to that status. Well, what we did say, Bobby, is they that they were the top like young duo, which I don't yeah, know how yeah, you yeah. wanna how you wanna quantify young. And they're not really I guess they're not really that young anymore in basketball terms, anyways. They've been in the league for a while, but for a while, it was Tatum and Brown, or um, who was it? Zion and um, in- Ingram. We were saying, who would you rather have? And then that was Zion discovered like cheeseburgers and Mountain Dew. And <laughs> that put, that, put that debate to rest. All right. <laughs> and amongst other things. All right. From cheeseburgers to AG1, Jimmy. <laughs> to the opposite of cheeseburgers. Yeah. He's been, he's been distracted. In fact, if Zion's there. watching, he could probably learn a thing or two about. Uh, Having all your greens. This cannot hurt greens. Zion if he wants this to. This cannot try hurt Zion at all. But it greens. So this is the unbox. Look at this nice box. Thank you. Uh, sorry, AG1. Thank you, AG1, um, for mailing this to me. Opening it up here. People love a good unboxing. If you don't want to, this the show's over, folks. So yeah, if you let's just, do this. If you want to hang around for the unboxing, this is what it's all yeah. about here. So love a good box. <laughs> Um, <laughs> come on, Joe Sway. Just leave it. <laughs> you laughing um, made it worse. You yeah. laughing made it way worse. <laughs> we got uh, we got a cool um, like a little measuring cup, so I can mix my AG one in here, toss it in, there we shake go. it all up, measure. You can see right here. You can't see the numbers, but it's got all the way up to sixteen ounces. You don't need sixteen ounces of water for AG one, but you can take it. With that much water, if you'd like. What else we got here? Um, this is cool. Dude, a little uh Ooh. okay. This is kind of this is kind of some swag. AG ones. I'll rock this sweatshirt. I'll rock this sweatshirt right now. Let's see if it fits. Really this sweatshirt or a long sleeve. I love that little, yeah. It's it's almost like a crew neck kind of. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got the AG1 <laughs> crew neck. Hold on. Jimmy looks great. Look at this. Damn, bro. Okay. Yeah, I need to get you in that AG1 commercial. Okay, AG1. I see. I'm wearing this Friday night. I might have to go on a date now. We got here. Oh, we got a cool tote bag. Look at this tote. Carry all my gear in here. This is cool. You can never, you know what? You'll definitely see me in that shirt on the air. There's no doubt. But you'll see me in that. Bobby, let me know when you wear yours. I wear mine and we'll say who wore it better. All right. Um, you know, if you go to the supermarket these days, they charge you for bags. They charge they you for bags. So you got to bring your own. So I'm going to bring this nice one. AG1 bag. Let all the girls know that I'm healthy when I'm walking up and down the aisles. You could rock that um, <laughs> with the shirt definitely. on. I'm going to be at Whole Foods tomorrow looking like an AG1 model. <laughs> hey, have you guys tried AG1 yet? Just oh, right wow. I got myself a glass straw. I got my glass straw for the glass straw for the for the glass um, 
you know, bottle here. Careful, don't drop it. Yeah, glass, me and glass don't always get along. Don't and then last, I think there's one last thing here. How much do you say? Let's see what else we got here. Oh, wow. This okay. is interesting. Okay, this is definitely interesting. Get it open. It's a lightsaber. No. Um, <laughs> it is a frother. Oh. It's a frother. Wow. Not only is it a, is it a frother. It's electric. Can you hear that? Yeah. There you go. This thing is spinning, baby. Oh, it's it's got multiple speeds, too. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. Little frother for the um for the AG1 or if you have your put down the straw, but you have a home bar, you know, you get yourself a little uh tool for that. So that's it. Thank you, AG1. Some good gifts here. And um yeah, and again, remind everyone to head over there. Yeah. You'll get all this kind of stuff with a subscription. And of course, they are just throwing in vitamin D. Year supply, five free travel packs. John likes to say lifetime supply, but it's a yeah, year supply. supply. It's a year supply. Year supply. It's, it's which is AG a lot, one. which is a lot. And you can probably stretch it out even even more. Um, and guys, I'm not just saying it. I take AG1 every day. I have the travel packs. I have the, the big pouch every morning. Stack it. You guys already know when I stack it with beef organs. Um, a lot of other stuff too, so. Um, sunlight, right. cold showers, AG1, beef organs, the whole nine yards every morning. And now I can mix my AG1 with this little guy. So oh, there you go. That's full speed. This is full speed. Yeah, that's getting mixed. Yeah, I'll say that'll do it. Yeah, Joe Sway, that'll do it. I love it. Thanks to AG1. And of course, check them out. Drink so AG1. Thank Jimmy for the mini uh, paid program. Dot com slash right. Yeah, they're going to love that. Um, we'll be back later in the week. Try to get some guests to talk about the team, give some national perspective. <laughs> and then World Cup, a couple weeks away. We'll watch Porzingis with Latvia. He'll be playing for them, the only Celtic in the tournament. Uh, USA's got a couple scrimmages next week. So. Don't get hurt. A little bit of basketball. It's starting to sneak up on us. But of course, football, first and foremost, like we said earlier in the show, um, go head over to fanduel.com slash Boston. Go get your bonus bets. Every time your Super Bowl winner, if you're betting their future, wins, you're going to get bonus bets from fanduel.com slash Boston. Great offer right now. Head over there and check that out. Go get it. And uh, that's it for us. Thanks for joining us, Jimmy. Joe Sway. Yeah, uh, fellas, it's always a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your. Uh, hopefully, we get some sun. Oh my God, I've never seen so much rain. I got another game tomorrow, Jimmy. Get, get ready for a box score. Oh God, just when I thought it never rained any harder than it possibly could. <laughs> yeah, that's viral. You had Evan Turner talking about that shit. I forgot about I that. <laughs> I mean, he goes, I, he goes, This box score is wild. As soon as I saw it, as soon as I saw it, I was like, Bobby, please let me tweet this out. This is the most outrageous box score I've ever played. Yeah, you started it. That's right, Bobby. How's the team doing? We're great. Uh, our guy Bellman's averaging like 37. Oh my so, God, Bellman? Yeah, he was bit. unreal. <laughs> I didn't play as much last week. We had more guys there, so I didn't play great. Wasn't worth posting the box score, but uh, hopefully yeah. I'll get more minutes this week and be able Who's to... Who's in charge of the minutes? Just put yourself in. 
You can get. Yeah, we were cooking. Oh, don't you don't think about the box score, man. I think you're Bobby, thinking about it. Just go out there and play, man. Do you think it has anything to do with like 22 shots or whatever? It was? Yeah, maybe they weren't feeling that. I don't know. But again, <laughs> I played well. I got yeah, so much. And then crap. they had to see everyone talk about it on Twitter. They're like, this is I I got so much crap. I wasn't the only guy who shot poorly percentage wise, and I had three blocks and eight rebounds. It was a rock solid performance. That's not rock, rock. solid. Three blocks, eight rebounds, in a record points, twenty six shots, not a single three pointer. Is that I'm still I don't know, dude. I think you, if you would have pulled a lot shots. out of box scores, it might be worse. Be you know the three point shooter, bro. You don't know. Uh, you're gonna step out there. Uh, I wouldn't feel great about in a game. Thank you. I gotta play inside. I'm one of the taller guys. That is true, but you gotta be you gotta be that stretch big. The twenty twenty three man. Once I feel good about it, maybe I'll put up one next game, Jimmy. What are you scared of? It's a uh, freaking men's league. <laughs> Hey, we're uh, three and one, I think. So here we go. Next right. tomorrow, we're back out there. Maybe we'll have Amit come film one, film one of the games too for the YouTube channel. Oh, that'll and, be a treat. Uh, <laughs> Amit's like, fuck that. Amit's like, yeah, you don't, you don't pay me enough to go to that. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you uh, later in the week for another edition. And the uh, whole crew will be back next week if there's some news. And uh, stay tuned to Celtics All Access. Subscribe over there and CLNS Media. Pat's Thursday. Go get the Patriots channel, Patriots Press Pass, Taylor and them are killing it down there. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook. 